I'd like to say good evening to the class. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to the Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield branch was established in the year 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce you to the president of the Southfield branch, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Our vice president is Dr. Edward Yule, and our dean is Dr. Eugene Brazil. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim, <clears throat> excuse me, Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and correct name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. <clears throat> Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the Word or Son, a super incorporeal being 
that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in the vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. <clears throat> the pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place and court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. <clears throat> the primary aims and constitutional objectives of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose operating throughout eternity through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man must be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer given by Dr. Derek Ordone, followed by our scripture reading, which will be 1 Kings, the sixth chapter, read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. Good evening, class. Let us bow our hearts and mind. Moment of prayer. 
We ask you, Yahshua, to keep our minds steady on you. Through all the things that's happening in the world, Father, that we have something that we have that's concrete, that's sure, that's certain, knowing that we can stand on it. We can stand in it. Oh, if it's just your name, Father, Yahshua, the power in the name. We thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon your sons, Father. And may we become uh, more mindful in our attitude also that the power within. These blessings we ask in Yahshua's son's name, and let's all say, hallelujah. 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 I'd like to say good evening to the class. And I'll be reading out of the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. That is 1 Kings, the sixth chapter. And it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month Ziph which is the second month that he began to build the house of Yahweh and the house which King Solomon built for Yahweh. The length thereof was threescore cubits and the breadth thereof 20 cubits and the height thereof 30 cubits and the porch before the temple of the house 20 cubits was the length thereof according to the breadth of the house and 10 cubits was the breadth thereof before the house. And for the house, he made windows of narrow lights. And against the wall of the house, he built chambers round about, against the walls of the house round about, both of the temple and of the oracle. And he made chambers round about. The nethermost chamber was five cubits broad, and the middle was six cubits broad. And the third was seven cubits broad. For without, in the wall of the house, he made narrow rests round about, that the beams should not be fastened in the walls of the house. And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither. And so there, so that there was neither hammer nor ox, excuse me, nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. The, the door for the middle chamber was in the right side of the house. And they went up with one, winding stairs into the middle chamber and out of the middle into the third. So he built the house and finished it and covered the house with beams and boards of cedar. And then he built chambers against all the house, five cubits high, and they rested on the house with timber of cedar. And the word of Yahweh came to Solomon saying, concerning this house, which thou art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statues and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David, thy father. I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. And he built the walls of the house within with boards of cedar, 
both the floor of the house and the walls of the ceiling. And he covered them on the inside with wood and covered the floor of the house with the planks of fear, fur, excuse me. And he built 20 cubits on the sides of the house, both the floor and the walls with boards of cedar. He even built them from in, built them from it within, even from the oracle, even for the most holy place. And the house that is the temple before it was 40 cubits long. And the cedar of the house within was carved with knops and open flowers. All was cedar. There was no stone seen. And the oracle he prepared in the house within to set there the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. And the oracle in the forepart was 20 cubits in length and 20 cubits in breadth and 20 cubits in the height thereof. And he overlaid it with pure gold and so covered the altar, which was of cedar. So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold, and he made a partition by the chains of gold before the oracle, and he overlaid it with gold. And the whole house he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the house. Also the whole altar that was by the oracle he overlaid with gold. And within the oracle he made two cherubims of olive tree each 10 cubits high. And five cubits was the one wing of the cherubim and five cubits the other wing of the cherubim from the uttermost part of the one wing unto the uttermost part of the other were 10 cubits. And the other cherubim was 10 cubits. Both the cherubims were of one measure and one size. The height of one cherub was 10 cubits and so was it of the other cherub. And he set the cherubims within the inner house, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubims, so that the wings of the one touched the one wall, and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall. And their wings touched one another in the midst of the house. And he overlaid the cherubims with gold. And he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures of cherubims, and palm trees and open flowers within and without. And the floor of the house he overlaid with gold within and without. And for the entering of the oracle, he made doors of olive tree. The lintel and side posts were a fifth part of the wall. The two doors also were of olive tree and he carved upon them carvings of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers and overlaid them with gold and spread gold upon the cherubims and upon the palm trees. So also made he for the door of the temple, post of olive tree, a fourth part of the wall. And the two doors were of fir tree. The two leaves of the one door were folding and the two leaves of the other door were folding. And he carved thereon cherubims and palm trees and open flowers and covered them with gold fitted upon the carved work. And he built the inner court with three rows of huge stone and a row of cedar beams. In the fourth year was the foundation of the house of Yahweh laid in the month 
Ziph. And in the 11th year, in the month Buell, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof and according to all the fashion of it. So was he seven years in the building it. That was First Kings, the sixth chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Ordon and Dr. Lewis for the prayer and scripture. We want to welcome everyone out to today's lecture again, and uh, we hope that you do enjoy the lecture. We'll ask everybody to please remain muted unless you are called upon to speak. And for our first speaker, it's a pleasure to call on Dr. Sybil Lewis. Good, <clears throat> excuse me. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, Dr. Dorian Lewis. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Please have my apology. My internet is in and out, very unstable all day. Okay. Um, but if you want me to try, I I will. But it's very unstable. Okay. That's up to you. Yeah, you can try. If you get disconnected, we'll move on. All right. Good evening again. Good evening. I I am happy and glad to be in attendance at class this evening and for this divine vision and revelation. This is a prophetic vision that we're teaching. And there are some rules or groundwork that um, must be laid. The scripture lesson is talking about the temple that Solomon, it's about to build or has built because we're now um, the bell that's passed. And um, we know that even before the temple was built, we had a tabernacle built. So I'm gonna just try and lay a foundation and perhaps the next speaker will pick up from there. Now we're told that we're told in scripture by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 8 and 20, to the law and to the testimony. And I'm just using the tools that we have been given in the scripture and by this divine vision and revelation. To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, now we've come to know that this word is truly Yahweh Elohim. And may I have the most mosaic the Moses chart, please? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, can you can you see this up? Might take a while with your connection. Yes, okay. Um this Moses chart, um, we're talking about if they don't. Uh, uh, I say it says to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to see on this chart, this Moses chart, really that's not the name of the chart. The chart, the name of the chart is really the archetype pattern or the original pattern of the universe. Now on this chart, we see that Yahweh. In his pure spirit state, which he is inscrutable, 
incomprehensible, indiscernible. Now, these are words that we didn't come up with. This vision dictates it. Now, we see that we cannot understand Yahweh in that state. So what he did was he took on a shape and form or transmuted into that state, into that shape and form known as Yahweh Elohim. Now, this is the word awesome, a incorporeal being, you see. And um, we see that the word of Yahweh and words have explanations. So he, he uh, Yahweh Elohim, and that's still, that's, that still is Yahweh, you see, but he's in a, uh, a manifestation. See, uh, there are three states, as we have been told, of Yahweh, Yahweh in his pure spirit state, Yahweh taking on shape and form that's in, that's Elohim. We don't give her a second. Hello, him. Came back for a second there, Dr. Lewis. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, she just dropped off. Okay. So uh, she said that she had a back connection. So, but I enjoyed what we heard. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. Let me get back online. Oh, there she is. You can try again, Dr. Lewis, if you want to. If not, we'll just uh, move on. All right. Uh, for We'll move on. Thank you again, Dr. Sybil Lewis. And for our next speaker, it's a pleasure to call on Dr. Derek Ordone. Hello. How you doing? Good evening. Good evening. Um, it's a pleasure to have anything to speak about the creator and truth in reality, because prior to that, we were in pure darkness. Nothing that we ever thought about was correct. It took this divine vision given to our founder, Henry Clifford Cunley in the year 1931. And what's so astounding about that is that Yahweh always spoke to man through a vision. If you get Exodus 24 and nine, he spoke to um, the, the, the word, um, he was seen and he spoke um, um, in um, Jeremiah, um, Isaiah, um, the word came to me, 
to Isaiah, the word came to Jeremiah, and that's what the um, previous speaker was talking about. They were talking about the word Elohim, Yahweh Elohim is the word. But get Exodus 24 and 9. Exodus get 24 and 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. And there was under his feet. As it were a paved work of a sapphire stone. So can somebody circle what they talk what they're seeing on the chart? Yeah. Just for somebody else that may not know what we're talking about. Go ahead, continue, reader. And upon the noble of the children of children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw Elohim. And did eat and drink. Okay. Get on John the first, John one. I think John, John. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. John one and one. In the beginning was the word. See, and that's word, what this. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Lauren. But that's saying the beginning was the word. So right there, when you're looking at this vision right here. You can see it's like in the beginning of before you even start seeing the creation come into existence, which he's showing you that he is the pattern to all creation. Because that's what the title of the chart is, right? What the speaker just said. Um, it's the original pattern of the universe. Yahweh Elohim is. Yeah, <laughs> the archetype original pattern of the universe so basically this is how all things are made now now it's in a certain structure in which he mm, um, designed himself or he he manifests um he's already pure spirit yeah he he calm down he manifests himself like the previous speaker said transmuting to Yahweh Elohim and that's the word and this is what we're talking about in John and that's what they saw in Exodus um 24 and 9. Continue where you are um reader. In the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh. So the word and Yahweh is one and the same. Basically, what that's, that's what they're saying. Continue, reader. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, this is the question you should ask yourself. Why did he make the things that he made? That'd be like the important question. Because uh, now, drop down to 14, do I drop down to 14 or do I go to, hold on, let me see. One thing, man, what I'm trying. Yeah, drop down, drop down to 14. I think it's 14. 14th verse. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Mm. And so, we go ahead, go ahead. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, what's so crazy about that is that this same 
one that manifests in the flesh, name was Joshua. That's in, uh, what it is when they say the angels, when Joshua was born and the angels say his name was gonna be Joshua. For Yahweh, Joshua only means Yahweh is salvation. See, there's no other name. There's no other name. It's not like there's three different names up there. Yahweh is salvation. That's what Yahshua means. So it's actually, it's, it's like uh, a meaning in his name. It's not just ha happenstance. Uh, uh, just, you know, like go to what the angel tell um, by Mary by what the name, the baby. That's Matthew 1 and 21. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shall call his name Yahshua for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, this same Yahshua is the same one that is the promise all the way from Abraham, that Yahweh gave a promise to Abraham all the way back before even Moses came about. So what Yahweh does is he works in a pattern, and that's what the previous speaker was talking about, and that's what the um, scripture lesson was talking about. They're talking about this the oracle or the a temple. But and previous before there was a temple, the reason why the temple was made the way it was made because of the word and how the word is made. That's why the temple was made in a brief part, but yet one temple, mm -hmm. because it is gonna go all the way, it's gonna all the way reflect. So he's the pattern of all things. So the question we should ask ourselves is why. See, this is the question I had. Now I'm I'm not trying to jump off class or nothing like this here, but this is the question I had. Like Yahweh, you spirit, why did you make like physical like creatures? Which what would be the need for physical creatures? And the response I got back, he said they ain't said it in a mean way. He just said it in a polite, uh, like lightly. It's my will. So when he said that. It made me just like be quiet, like like I don't, don't want to ask no more questions. He says his will, so that made me look at it like basically you see how man is 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 operating not outside of class. He's going about it his own with his own um um his own thoughts, his own opinion, his own knowledge, his own understanding. knowledge but that's but in order to even know your creator you must worship him in spirit and truth so now what is that how do you do that how you go about worshiping the creator in spirit and truth when you physical so the whole point of these schools man i'm so thankful for the school oh i'm so thankful because it's the light in all the darkness and what it does, it has the power to actually change you and your behavior, the things you used to be into. Today is carnival, it's Mardi Gras. When I say the whole city was a party, the whole city a party. It's like nowhere you go, you can't get no food. It's gonna be music. It's just everybody enjoying themselves. But it's all predicated about serving these gods, these mythological uh, gods. They're not even real. They're not even real, and people 
go crazy behind 99 cent beads. Mm. So when I say I'm thankful for this, this these schools that set up, oh, I'm so thankful because it gives you something to stand on in the world that's chasing beads. And I'm mm. just ch- giving that expression that like, they chasing something material that's thinking that's going to be their salvation. And they just was talking about the only salvation is in this name and in the angel gate. Man, I'm telling you, Yahshua is power in this name because it's salvation in his name. It's not just talk. So everything that we learn in class, we're going to have to apply. You can't just be just know how to read scriptures and know what scriptures to go to. At some point, you got to try Yahshua. It can't be no more just talking. It's got to be to where you put on your pants and you strap strap your boots up and you get in and you get in it whatever it is because what i'm saying is yashua has proven to me i i know a lot of others too because that's why we're here tonight so he didn't prove to us that he is real so we can stand on him so it shouldn't be no fear about whatever it is we must face knowing that on the other side of that is eternal life and he's the only one that can give it to us it's nothing I want to do for him. It's not, I wouldn't want to, like, I want to be better. It's not like I want to go on and think I'm going to just get in the kingdom. I don't even want to have that attitude. I had an attitude like I got to do better all the time. Not, oh, I got it. I'm a sure, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm, a, I'm sure in, you know, I'm, I'm just in there. No, I don't look at it like, I don't take it for granted like that. I take it that I need Yahshua like I need breath, oxygen. How often we need oxygen? Yes, I agree. We need it all the time. So what I'm saying is we need Yahshua all the time. Because sometimes I go off on thinking, and it was just said, Rhonda said this there, about the thought. Man, I, I understand it so good because it's, the more that you know the Yahshua revealed to you, the more you're going to be uh, presented or uh, uh, exercised from what you know. So there are going to be some trials and tribulations that's going to come beyond your ability to change your life. What you're going to have to do, what Yahweh is doing is he's establishing himself with you to have, that's how faith works. I'm telling you that's how faith works. It's not just invisible. It's evidence of you seeing him working in your life. They say there is no God. No, I can't say that because I wake up in the morning and my heart beating. And I don't have no control of that, neither one of them. So I know there is a God. Because one thing, you got to know there's something greater than yourself in order to accept correction. You got to know there's something bigger than this world or the things you're chasing for to understand that there's something greater in store. There's something there. And then the power, when I was talking about the power within, the tapping that power within, because when there ain't nobody else around, you still. God, Yahshua, it don't matter. It don't matter where you are. You could be on an island. You could be in this ocean. You could be on the top of the mountain. You still got Yahshua. Because one thing I know I learned in this class, Yahshua don't pick you up to let you down. He don't, he, he, he's not into lying and turning his back on you. He's going to be right there all the way. So the only reason I'm saying that is to have people to have confidence in Yahshua. I'm talking about like a soldier, 
Like you can make it through anything. It doesn't matter. And these things that's coming, that the devil can only mess with you on a physical level. I promise you that. It's going to always be something physical. He cannot mess with you with nothing spiritual. The thought is a thought. It's not going to materialize yet. It's just a thought. So fear, that's thinking the outcome going to be a certain way when Yahweh already letting you know it's, and that's another thing. If it's preordained, it's already done. So that's the other part of being assured, feeling confident and having faith. It's already done. So if you in class, all you got to do, if you haven't been sealed, just wait for the seal. Just wait to be sealed. You heard me? Because that ark, I'm sorry when I said that. I thought I was talking, I'm talking to guys on the street. Because that's how I do. I go out there, I, I preach the word. But I don't have to defend the word. I learned that. Like, I'm, I'm going to explain this, what I mean by this. I, I'm hoping I'm, I'm getting to somebody because I, I'm, I know I got off of what I was saying. I hope somebody come behind me and continue this. Here. It was talking about, we was talking about the tabernacle and talking about Yahweh Elohim being the architect, the beginning, the original. So that's the reason why things are happening in the three, in the pattern. Can you go to the, they got another chart uh, with Adam and Eve in the garden I don't know. The, yeah, that's the chart. That's the chart. That's the chart. No, now it's not no coincidence that each one of these these charts they show like a three dimension type of configuration. That's that's because it's how things operate. If you get um, get the definition of a cell and get the definition of um, atoms. Because that's the basic building blocks of all things like matter with matter. I think that's atoms. And with, um, uh, I think that's right. I'm, I might be wrong, but I know I could be corrected because we're about to look it up. Cell. Go ahead. Okay, and this is from Merriam Webster Dictionary Online. It's Yeah. Yeah, I am. This is <laughs> I was looking at the definition. I don't know if I but it was like iPhones and Nokia. Yeah, and I guess. Stuff. So the first definition for sale, this is sale as a noun, a small religious house dependent on a monastery or covenant. Look okay, up one sale one, biology. So you want that's what that's what I was asking. I don't know. All right, so cell biology, why is the smallest structural and functional unit of an organism, typically microscopic and consisting of cytoplasm and nucleus enclosed in a membrane. Microscopic. All right, all right, all right, because right. they got kind of kind of complicated, like with those big words, and I just want to keep it simple. I would think we got a chart with the cell and they show the structure of a cell how it's just threefold but yet it's one cell yeah yeah this yeah this is this is good right here i gotta see where i'm at all right look how all this is done this is i'm telling you this this thing is so this is why i'm saying this the confidence it's it's 
it's two things that's taking place in sealing your fate in Yahshua. He got physical evidence to show you how things line up and you can't refute facts. All right, you got that part. But then he worked like, he could tell you something that could, before they even say it in class, he can have a thought on your mind and then they bring it up in class. You can have the question on your mind and they bring it up in class and answer it for you. So what I'm saying, that's what I mean by triashua. It's like, it's, it's more than just academics. It's, it's more than just knowing, um, uh, um, it's just more than that. It's just more than that. I'm telling you about a cell, but it's all the things that we learn, physical things we learn, is a Romans 1, 19 and 20. It's pointing to Yahshua. See, Yahshua is the quickening spirit. He's not physical. You see? He really always been spirit. He just materialized in the flesh because he had a, he had a mission. He had a purpose. Let's go back to the what was talking about how he made us physical. And that was the question I asked. But it's like, it's, I understand now. It's, it's like Yahweh's spirit. So in order for you to mm, appreciate Yahweh's spirit, he made physical things. So in the physical things, you'll learn something about the spirit through the physical. Now get um, Roman, I mean, not Roman. That's Romans 1, 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. I said First Corinthians or something. I think mm -hmm. I did, but Romans one nineteen and twenty. It's Romans one and nineteen, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even nah. his, go ahead. I'm sorry. Even Finish. His eternal power and supernal nature so that they are without excuse. Uh, yeah, so they're without excuse. That's why he made this physical creation to reflect him. So in the physical creation, you got things that line up. In, in, in the cell is a nucleus, a nucleolus, and a cell body. The, the, um, the, uh, uh, the, the atom is the proton, neutron, an electron that go around about everything is made like that i'm talking about everything is everything is like that even your eye when you look at your eyes got the like the 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 round the black little part i don't know what you call that part and then they got the retina and then they got like the outside of the um the eye there's three parts but yet one eye the egg i'm gonna just keep it simple the egg is the yolk the white in the shell, I'm, this is not, this is, listen, this is the reason why that's like that, because Yahweh is the father, he's the word of son, and he's the Holy Spirit. That's why it's like that, you see? And that is what he's trying to show us because God is invisible. He, you can't, the father Yahweh is invisible. In which you cannot be, he cannot be seen, scrutinized. The previous speaker was talking about that. There's no kind of way you can comprehend him in that state. He has to break himself down. And in breaking himself down, oh man, it's all oh, I found I would love it. 
You see, this is what I, I found out about class. And I hope I'm not jumping off the subject. But love, love what made him. It's like he got a plan of salvation. Every state that he did, whatever he did, it was a way of salvation. It wasn't like he was trying to hurt us. It was like he was basically setting things up for a later date. Like he already, it's like, oh man, how, how to explain that? He, he was just setting it up. So at a point, he was going to have to come in a physical fleshly body to be sacrificed. And if you, if you look back all the way back when I was talking about Moses, Moses was told to build a tabernacle, just like um, Solomon with the temple. It really started with David, King, with David, right? And Solomon is the son of King David, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'll be learning as I go to that class. Bear with me, man, too. The reason why I say that is just certain things that I just want to make sure because I won't say something and I ain't correct on the flow. So I, I'm always looking to be corrected as I speak instead of thinking I got it right. Because that's what I learned about class too. You got to give room for to be wrong. If you give room to, for error on your part, well, you got a chance to be corrected. But if you mm -hmm. don't give no room for error on your part and you think you're right, that go back to what I was talking about earlier about being right and defending and, um, this gospel and being right against somebody that don't know. It, you don't have to be right in it. What I found out is whatever you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, what makes an argument is when two people trying to voice that they're right. Mm -hmm. so if you be quiet and just like like you you know what you you could be right man i ain't, I ain't gonna even argue with that and leave that alone and leave that alone because you don't have to be right in the conversation and with that person and what i mean by that is that if you know you're right within yourself and what you're telling them and you did your research and you're telling somebody else to do their research and no matter what you're telling them they're not whatever that's the other part I was talking about, about um, appreciating um, Yahshua in spirit is that he gives us fleshly physical things to go through to show some kind of uh, comparison into what he really trying to show us. Mm -hmm. So the love part, what I was talking about, the love is that I understand that love came down. So if love could come all the way down from his high state, how can I not come down? And whatever I think is right or whatever, whatever, how I feel about a certain thing, I can come down or even like, you know, when I, when I say this, I mean, it's here. It's like a person that you've been talking to about the gospel, they don't accept it. And you, you painstakingly, you, you just keep on talking and talking and talking and like, I don't see how they can't get it. Don't get upset. It's going to reflect. I see the five minute bell. It's going to reflect back to being um, uh, the comparison so you can appreciate what Yahshua has given you. Mm -hmm. That's why it's the physical. Because in the physical, it's going to reflect something. In other words, the only way for you to appreciate eternal life, I guess if we go through the physical fleshly part of this here, then we can appreciate the spirit. But until then, it's like, we, if we've cornerly minded and physically all we think of physically, the other love, the only love we see is the love of the butterflies and the fluttering of our eyes and, oh, you must be in love. But what mm -hmm. I was talking about, the real love, and that's the reality of class, is that we get to know God in reality. 
we get to know the things in reality and truth. And in knowing that, that will shine a light on the things that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. So what it do, what it does is start giving you more confidence in the one that showed you the thing. And, and even though we can't see him, we still could see him by the things that are made. So he made all these things so it could reflect the fact that he is real and how he's made his makeup. So we're without excuse to know the creator's name and knowing his mission and his purpose of why he even came here. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your time and um, all praises go to Yashua Messiah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Ardon. And for our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Warren Lewis. I'd like to say good evening to the class. And uh, it's um, an honor and pleasure to have anything to say about our Savior, Dr. Excuse me, our Savior, um, Yahshua the Messiah. And this school is a direct result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. Sorry, I'm trying to circle this. And he said that he had a divine vision from God himself, but not to believe it just because he said it, but to make him prove it until you're satisfied. Um, I really enjoy the words of the previous speaker. I tremendously enjoyed Sunday's class and that's kind of what the previous speaker's testimony reminded me of. It's just kind of a continuance of of Sunday's class. And um, and, and we focused and talked a lot about um, the gift that Yahweh has given us um, through Yahshua the Messiah, giving us a knowledge and an understanding of this gospel as it really is, it actually exists. It is not anything that we did to earn this, but it simply was a gift, or as it says in the scriptures, by grace are we saved Uh, through faith and not that of our own self, but it is the gift of Yahweh. Um, And so that was talked about Sunday um, and and, um, Dr. Ongon just went through that himself, you know, um, having that humbleness, or as it was mentioned, on some Sunday coming as a child. Um, and what is it that a child has? They're innocent in mind. Um, and that humility Yahweh wants us to come to him um, that way. Um, and I really appreciated the words um, that the previous speaker said, you know, the willingness to always be corrected, you know, because Yahweh says that, you know, we have to be able to receive correction. If we do not, then he would consider us a bastard, you know, we know what a bastard is. Um, And so Yahweh is the only, Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah is the savior and Yahweh is the only teacher. This is what it says there in the scriptures. Um, If someone could get for me uh, John 14 and uh, 26. That's John 14 verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So this is here in in the Bible is written in red letters, if it's in your King James Version. And he's saying, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Now out in the world is taught that the Holy Spirit is just a vital force upon you. But here we're reading 
that there's a comforter and that comforter is the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit, excuse me. Read on. Well, excuse me, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And, and the comforter, I'm sorry, and the comforter is being sent in a name. So he's a comforter, he's the Holy Spirit, and he's coming in the name. <clears throat> and we perfectly are now more perfectly understand what the true name of our Heavenly Father is, <clears throat> who the world ignorantly calls Lord. The title of Lord is Yahweh. That is his true name. There's no changing. There's no debate about that. His divine title that he chose for himself is Elohim. That's the title that he chose for himself. <clears throat> and the name of the Holy Spirit that's none other than Yahweh himself manifested in the flesh as salvation, or as it says down here at the bottom of the chart, as Yahshua in the material creation. It's none other than Yahweh stepping into a physical body as salvation. That name means Yahweh is salvation. <clears throat> Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. So just like we read over there uh, in, I believe with the last speaker got um, in Matthews 1 and 21, that name was given. They didn't just choose a name like we do with our children, but the name was given that his name would be Yahshua. Why? For he shall save his people. That's what we're here for. That what is what the ultimate goal is, is eternal life. <clears throat> so it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, read on. Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Say so he's going to teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, what I've said unto you, whatsoever I've said unto you. You know, and so what we've learned with Yahweh has taught us over all this time is how that he, Yahweh Elohim is the archetype. If you can go um, back to the uh, Moses chart for me. <clears throat> is the archetype, original pattern of the universe. And everything is patterned after him. Everything has that threefold makeup, just like the previous speaker talked about. That cell having that uh, nucleus, nucleolus, and cell body, I believe. You see, everything is threefold. When you're dealing with matter, you got gas, liquid, silent. And you're looking at your day, you got morning, afternoon, night. Everything is threefold. We travel by land, sea, and air. Everything is threefold. Nothing escapes the pattern. Why? Because Yahweh Elohim, everything is patterned after him. He's the creator. So everything has to be threefold. We didn't learn that on our own. We weren't smart enough to come up with that. This is how smart we are. We're so dumb to say there's people out there to say that there isn't a creator at all. And that shows you how smart you are. You didn't do anything to create yourself here and you would say that there's no creator? That's all that the earth proves is that there is a creator. There is nothing that we do that makes our heart beat. There is nothing, my daughter and I was outside today 
Um, and she happened to look up at the tree and she says, is that the leaf ready to come? I said, that's the bud. What tells the tree to bud? What tells the leaves to fall? That's spirit law. That's Yahweh. Yet we want to be smart enough to say that there isn't a creator. All your trees and your branches point to the letter Y. You're, that sunrise and that sunset, you can easily see the, the, the separation of the veil. You can easily see the colors of the blue, purple, and scarlet in that sky, in a sunset and in a sunrise. What makes the sunset? What makes the sunrise? You see, who does that? What makes your heart beat? How, I'm telling you, it's amazing. Yahweh knew he made us in our vanity. How vain you can be to think that there is no why or to think that we all derive from monkeys or whatever the thing is that they say. My daughter can even tell you. She says, I know what the first physical man and, 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 and woman was on, on earth. Yahweh created Adam from the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into that inanimate, inanimate. He didn't have any animation. He breathed into him the breath of life. And it says, then the man became a living soul. And how is that that he became the living soul? You know, and they'll illustrate out there in the world is that he blew breath into the man. But we know more perfectly by this vision and revelation that Dr. Kinley received from the creator, Yahweh himself, is that Yahweh simply stepped into the man and began to breathe. And then the man became a living soul. And then he went right into that man and got the, put that man back under a deep sleep and went right into that man's side and got the root rib and the wound. And from there, he made him a woman and says, you should be called woman because you were taken out of the man. It's such a beautiful story. Yahweh created a creation and it is a witness all throughout the creation. Like the previous speech, you talked about why the physical things, you know, you talked about Yahweh gave him an answer. It's his will. But Yahshua also showed me just by that scripture that the previous speaker got that we must take the natural things. That's why Yahweh set it up that way. You got to take the natural things to understand the spirit for you to understand that Yahweh Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, these three are one. He'll give you something like matter, gas, liquid, and solid, showing you how these three are one. You don't have three separate. That gas in its gaseous state is invisible like Yahweh in his pure spirit state. Abstract, cannot be seen or detected with our five senses. That's Yahweh in his pure spirit state. As it says in page 50 of volume one, he is abstraction. You can't, uh, you can't understand him in that state. That gaseous, that's, this is this water we're talking about. Water in his gaseous state is just like that. It's invisible. You can't comprehend it. The only reason you know that it exists is because you're alive. You're breathing. 
That's the only reason you know that that gas is there. It's in the air. It's what you breathe. Then Yahweh, in the process of taking on shape and form, because of the love of his offspring, remember in pure spirit, he is just like it says on this uh, chart. He is substance. He is essence. He's formless. He's abstract. We could not understand him. So because of the love of his offspring, which is you and I, in the process of taking on shape and form right within himself as Elohim. This is what is seen in visions and revelations or is also referred to as a coming down. <clears throat> That's what he did. He came down. Isn't that what we say? Yahweh Elohim. I mean, Yahweh broke himself down. So that water can be broken down. It comes down into that liquid state. It's clear. Just like we read over there in Exodus, when it talks about them seeing the God of Israel. They said he had a body and it was a body of heaven in its clearness. This isn't just coincidence or happenstance. This is Yahweh proving the existence of him through the creation. That's why you have the natural and the physical is to understand the spiritual. So that same gas that was invisible, now it's liquid. It can take on the shape and form of anything you put it in. That's what Yahweh Elohim did. He said he took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. Elohim is the word or son. When they say back there in the scriptures, and the word came unto me saying, that's what they're talking about. Yahweh Elohim in this Elohistic form coming unto the patriarchs and the prophets in visions and in revelations. So he's the word and he's the son because they say Yahweh Elohim is the first place, is the first born of all creations. It's Yahweh, it's the only thing that Yahweh created. Then he went out of the creating business. And then everything else you hear from there is Yahweh Elohim made this. And Yahweh Elohim made that. Then later on manifests in the flesh as the physical form of Yahweh. Not God sending his own little, I mean, sending his little boy down to do a job. But it's Yahweh himself being manifested in a physical body, in the likeness of sinful flesh. He, in the likeness of sinful flesh, not that he sinned, to redeem us, to buy us back from where man fall, fell in his conscience. He had to come down to pick us back up. So that same Yahweh that is pure spirit invisible took on shape and form now you can see him in visions and be understood in revelation as Yahweh Elohim that same broke himself down even further in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah so your water is a gas and it can be broken down to a liquid and then if you break it down even more it will begin to freeze 
at 32 Fahrenheit. It freezes that water, which was once invisible, now liquid, has now become ice or solid. Just like Yahshua the Messiah. And at 33 degrees, it begins to melt. They crucify Yahshua at 33 and a half. And so what does he do? Does he just go back into pure spirit? This is why, this is so beautiful. I appreciate what the previous speaker said. You know, sometimes it's like, maybe I thought when he was speaking, do I think about these things or do I forget? Do I sometimes take it for granted? This is why it's important you taking the natural to understand the spiritual. When that ice begins to melt at 33 degrees, it doesn't instantly evaporate. It goes back into that liquid state. Isn't that what happened to Yahshua the Messiah when he took, was crucified and took off the flesh, gave up the growth? He went back into that visionary state that they were seeing. Remember when he saw him walking on the road of Damascus? He says, oh, he says, Listen, he said, look at my hands, look at my feet. Spirit doesn't have flesh and blood as you see me have, or bone as you see me have. They were having a vision. He just appeared in the midst of them. This is after the crucifixion. And then he his sins back unto the father. Doesn't that water does, do that? It melts. Then it turns into the liquid. And if you leave it there long enough, it'll evaporate right back into that gaseous. Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are one. Gas, liquid, solid, these three are one. Proton, neutron, electron, these three are one. Nucleus, nucleus, cell body, these three are one. Most holy place, holy place, court roundabout, these three are one. The temple, tabernacle, ark, See, those are the only three things that Yahweh told man to build. These three are one. Fulfillment, prophecy, law, everything is threefold. And we cannot escape Yahweh. So knowing that Yahweh, Elohim, is the archetype, original pattern of the universe, and nothing is out of his control, we should have nothing but humility with Yahweh. Yes, it's a boastful thing in the, in the Holy Spirit, but not in ourselves. Always be willing to receive something from Yahweh because he's still giving understandings and gifts. And with those few words, I'll say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Excuse me, Dr. Lewis. For our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Lindsay Wright. Dr. Lindsay Wright. I'll give her a Dorian few. is saying she can't unmute. You might oh. send her a thing. Oh, okay. All right. Can you try to just send her the unmute thing? Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can do that. Uh, 
just send it, Lindsay. It should pop up on your screen. All you have to do is accept it. All right. Well, I am the next speaker. I am not calling on speakers today. The dean is. <laughs> so um, I've enjoyed class today and uh, always enjoy class. And thankfully, thankful to Yashua, he still sees fit to cause me to come to class. And he still is, uh, as previous vessel said, uh, revealing things and cleaning things out of my mind that are incorrect and uh, changing me. So, uh, and that's really what this gospel is about. I was thinking uh, Sunday's class, really, uh, as uh, Derek talked about before, uh, I talked about today, you know, you will come to class and hear things that Yahweh's been telling you in your own conscience and that I mean that's nothing new for most of us you know you, but it's always this thrilling feeling when Yahweh does that because the things that were talked about Sunday were things that were definitely on my heart and my mind and uh today as well the things that we were talking about I appreciated what Dr. Uh, Ordon said about like really seeing this seeing what we are we, we have so graciously been allowed to come and, and listen to, and Yahweh has given us some kind of understanding about this. Don't take that for granted. The things that Yahweh has caused you, you yourself, to understand. You understand? Don't, don't take that for granted, whatever it is, because all of it is by revelation of Yahweh. It is not through intellectual endeavor it is not through emotional you know if you just feel strong enough and believe hard enough it's not that you can come and you can learn this gospel or learn these principles and learn stuff that's on these charts all you want to but if Yahweh doesn't give you the, the revelation of the spiritual meaning of these things you will take it and do what the carnal mind always does, which is to try to glorify yourself with it, to try to use it to your own advantage. And uh, I'll speak for myself. I know I've had experience with that. <laughs> you know, you try to run off and take something Yahweh showing you and use it to glorify yourself. And Yahweh will smack you down hard for that. But what I'm trying to say is that if we understand anything, it is the mercy of Yahweh that has allowed us to understand it. If you can get me, um, I don't, I don't know what the scripture is, but uh, where it talks about the uh, the, um, the natural man can't receive these things. Um, I'm looking for it. Okay, hold on. We have a question in the chat. Okay, well, yeah, I guess we'll go there. Go ahead and get that real quick, and then uh, we're going to try to um i think maybe first corinthians two and we can try um, that's that's it okay first corinthians two and 14 excuse me 
1 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of Yahweh, mm -hmm. for they are foolishness unto him. Mm -hmm. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. Want me to continue on? Yeah, please. But he that is spiritually judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of Yahweh that he may instruct him? Mm -hmm. But we have the mind of the Messiah. And that's what Dr. Kenley <laughs> say a lot. You know, nobody can tell you about Yahweh. He proceeds to tell you about Yahweh. <laughs> you mm -hmm. understand? What he said, nobody can tell you about Yahweh but Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And he proceeds to tell you about Yahweh. And that's why I'm so thankful for these lectures that we've got, these audio lectures. It is because I've actually heard him say that now. I always heard, you know, we're getting secondhand information. Not that any brother are lying about it, but it's good to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And he would say that. Now, nobody can tell you about Yahweh but Yahweh. <laughs> so it's got to be Yahweh and me. You understand? And so those are the things. I want to, I want to, um, I see Jarnice had a question in the chat, and I really can't take it that far, but she, she asked, does that mean that everybody that saw Yahshua after the resurrection saw him in a vision? So if we can get um, get a couple of those scriptures, get the road to a mass, get the uh, um, uh, where he was in the house where they all they were all gathered in the house, and we'll see. So the short answer is yes. <laughs> Yahshua, as as the previous speaker went through, so Yahweh makes this round trip. And that's really the whole thing. Yahweh, his purpose overturns and overturns and overturns. He's making a round trip. And everything in this universe uh, testifies to that. This changing of states, going from one state to another and returning back. So Yahweh, uh, we, we just, the previous speaker just went through it. Yahweh began in his pure spirit state. That's his high and lofty state, the most immaculate state pure and undefiled. Yahweh begins as pure spirit. He then moves and take on, takes on this shape and form. Uh, these nine divine attributes come into a set shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, same Yahweh. Then he takes on shape and form as the material creation. and also uh, comes into the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah. You understand? So just as we looked at water, she talked about water, it takes that round trip. It goes from a gas, and it's all based on the temperature. It's a condescending, and just that's why that's that's proof that Yahweh moving from pure spirit into shaping form is a coming down. Mm -hmm. Understand? It's a coming down, just as with H two O, it's a coming. The temperature has to cool. That's what what causes this reaction. So the temperature cools enough, the H two O that's in the gaseous state in the atmosphere will begin to uh, condescend, and we call it condensation, right? And so if you turn it to a liquid, then it, you cool it down more, it will freeze and become a solid or ice. As she said, you leave the ice out on the counter, when the temperature begins to rise, the ice will go back to the liquid state. And so, and eventually, if you leave it out long enough, it will evaporate and go back to that gaseous state, which is likened to pure spirit, or as a type of pure spirit. So, Yahshua, Yahweh takes on shape, uh, starts in pure spirit. He takes on this shape and form as Yahweh Elohim and creates the entire creation. He had he purposed from the beginning, you understand, before he created anything that he would 
come into a physical body into and be made like unto sinful flesh, made like unto sinful flesh. Not that he was sinful flesh. That was a specially prepared body. He purposed that before he created anything. This is as uh, previous speakers talked about. This is Yahweh's purpose. You understand? He had it set up before you and I came around. And we come in asking questions. Well, why are you doing it like this, y'all? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't got nothing to do with you as far as that. Like, uh, you know, there's another lecture where uh, Dr. Kennedy said. Anyway, he talks about how you, you're not going to change Yahweh's purpose. You understand? Yahweh's purpose will be carried out, is being carried out, has been carried out. And, and that's not liking it ain't changing. You see, so what we need to do is learn about it. So that was just in a little side. I wasn't speaking to anybody. Uh, but Yahweh, so he purposed that he would take uh, move from this pure spirit state in the shape or form and come down into the specially prepared body and be born through the loins of the Virgin Mary. He purposed that. He purposed that he would uh, begin his ministry at 30 years of age and uh, do, the, do all the things and fulfill the scriptures that he did in his lifetime. He purposed that he would die on this cross, that he would be crucified. You understand? And so uh, get the scripture uh, first. Get the one about him raising the quickening spirit, and then we'll go to the other ones. So now this is, you know, this is what Yahweh revealed to Dr. Kinley through the vision. But what we're saying, because I remember having this debate with somebody years ago, and I didn't know how to explain it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I did not know how to explain it. But um, through the vision, Yahweh uh, showed, because the world teaches that Yahshua, when he resurrected, he resurrected a physical body. That's what the world teaches. Right. He resurrected a flesh and blood man. He resurrected in that same body that was tortured and put up on the cross. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, man. That's what the world teaches. I remember this guy at my job. I'm I'm thankful for those experiences because Yahweh used him to uh, really show me what I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, let me know where you get that scripture because you know you you talk That's, to like uh, First Corinthians. All right, hold on. You talk to like the you know when you first start learning stuff about the gospel and then you start talking to kind of like your Christian friends and you tell them about the name Yahweh. Most of them, a lot of them, haven't heard that. And you start telling them some other stuff you know, and they haven't heard it. It's like, oh, well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And then they're like, well, you know the Bible, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know about you guys, but personally, I got a little chip on my shoulder with that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, ain't nothing. So these guys at my job, this is years ago. I've been at my job 25 years. So this is, I probably had three or four years in. And they was having this Bible meeting. It was a whole bunch of people. They was like, like, it's what nowadays people call woke. It was like people who was into all kinds of Eastern religions and all kinds of stuff. And this one guy, you know, so they asked me to come <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to show them some stuff. <laughs> you know, I ain't, they're going to be talking about Jesus, la, 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 whatever. Man, this dude beat me up one side and down the other with all kinds of questions I couldn't answer. <laughs> I had to leave, I had to leave my tail between my legs. Like, he's just like, well, what about this? And what about that? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I have to. I have to get back to you. <laughs> but I, I'm thankful to Yahweh for that because, first of all, Yahweh said, "Relax. You ain't as uh, knowledgeable, knowledgeable as you think you are." But He used those things and forced me to go back and really study and learn what Yahweh was saying. So, as Derek was saying, also, it ain't about proving the gospel to nobody. 
Right. That's what I used to take. It was a debate to me, proving people wrong. It ain't about that. And Dr. Kelly says that often. You don't have to prove Yahweh's existence. He already did that. You understand? You witness to what Yahweh has shown you. I like the way Derek said it. You witness to what Yahweh has shown you and let the chips fall where they may. You ain't going to convince right. nobody of nothing. It's Yahweh that does that. So anyway, this was one of the, I went through all that. This is one of those things. He beat me upside, upside, up one side and down the other with this one, with the Jesus raised the physical body. So get the scripture. That is 1 Corinthians 15 and 45. And so is it, it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Mm -hmm. So then, anyway, all right. So now give, give me some of the ones with Yahshua after, after his resurrection, after he's died on the cross. First, get where um, Mary, or not, yeah, Mary Magdalene went to the, went to the uh, sepulcher please okay so that so is... i don't know where i haven't read these in a while but i know they're in there look at john the 20th chapter as well as luke 24 3 through 6 okay. right so which one you want first i have luke whichever now. one go ahead okay so luke 24 and um i'll start at well, i guess we can start at um 24 and 1 now upon the first day of the week very early in the morning they came unto the sepulchre, bringing spices, which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found a stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in and found not the body of the Savior, Yahshua. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabouts, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered unto the hands of sinful men and mm -hmm. be crucified, and the third day rise again. Mm -hmm. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was okay. Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. Keep I'm reading sorry. the next two verses. I want the next two verses. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, as they believed them not. Mm -hmm. And arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves. And departed wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Right. So there was just a clause in the tomb. Go ahead, Dr. Uh, Nelson. What were you going to say? It's at uh, Dr. Lewis is really at the 36th verse is where it start, starts okay. with him appearing unto them. Okay. Go ahead and uh, drop down to 36. Okay. You don't want to read the road to Amaze part? We're going to read that next. Okay. Uh, Luke 24 and 36. And as they thus spake, Yahshua himself stood in the midst of them. That's past the road of Emmaus part. Which I didn't know if you All right, well, go, just go, go ahead to the road of Emmaus. Okay, so that's the 13th verse. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, right. which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. Mm -hmm. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Yahshua himself drew near and went with them, mm -hmm. but their eyes were holding that they 
should not know him. Right. Now, that's the key right there. Their right. eyes were holding that they should not know him. In other words, they were walking with this man. They did not know that was Joshua. You understand? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Yahshua himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleophas answering said unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known these things which are come to pass there in these days? Mm -hmm. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him concerning Yahshua of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before Yahweh and all the people. And how the chief priests and the other rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. I can jot down if you like. Yeah, go ahead. I know it's a lot of reading, but just bear with us. I'm staying with this question. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm going to drop down to... Um, 28, and they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and it was made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Right. Now, see, now this is, remember who we're talking about. This is Yahweh Elohim in a body, the creator in a body. So now this Yahweh, same Yahweh, he doesn't lose any power when he take, took on this shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, nor did he lose any power when he took on, uh, came into the flesh as Yahshua Messiah. Now, they even wondered who is this man? Uh, who is this man that the wind and waves obey when he stilled the seas and things like that? He had that is the creator of heaven and earth. So even before his crucifixion, he was doing stuff like disappearing out of their sight. <laughs> you understand? He just be there one moment and not there. You understand? When they come to try to uh, kill him, or he said it wasn't my time, he just disappeared out of their sight. And that's in your Bible. So now after his resurrection. He's doing the same thing. He's disappearing out of that sight. So now we could say, well, maybe he was a physical body still because he was doing it when he was before his crucifixion. Uh, keep going. Um, go to the next one. Who's going to read? Okay, I'll drop down to the 36th verse. Mm -hmm. And as they thus spake, Yahshua himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. Mm -hmm. So now go up just a little bit and get what's going on. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start where I left off at. Yeah, yeah. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. That's yeah. the 32nd verse. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to, opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the master is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. 
-hmm. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Mm -hmm. And as they thus spake, Yahshua himself stood in the midst of them. And While said, they were speaking. Now you mm -hmm. read that on your own and take time to, re to really read it. They're there in the house by themselves talking about all this stuff. Like, man, Simon saw Yahshua. He appeared on him. He's risen. And while they're talking, he appears in the middle of them. Just appears right there. Go ahead. And saith unto them, peace be unto you. Mm -hmm. But they were terrified and affrighted. They, now, if he, you understand, that was just him, the physical old man. He didn't walk through the door. He just appeared there. And they were terrified. Go ahead. And affrighted. And supposed that they had seen a spirit. Saw a what? <laughs> yes. A spirit. Good. And he said unto them, Why mm. are you troubled? And mm. why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that mm. it is I myself. Mm. Handle me and see. Mm. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Right. Now, I'm going to be honest. That's what uh, the guy at my job was wearing me out with. That was like a baseball bat he was beating me with it every step i took i couldn't i couldn't get away from it. Mm -hmm. and for years i didn't understand i'm like i don't know and then we come to class and we say how the previous speaker said you know a spirit has not flesh and blood as you see me have i'm gonna be honest i, you know, I was like yeah i don't know about that <laughs> you know what i'm saying because mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it says handle me so i'm like yeah. And he, it was years, you know, sometimes Yahweh give you things right away. Sometimes he makes you wait for him. It was years before he revealed to me the importance. And this is why we come to these schools. And this is why we learn what's on these charts as Rhonda went through Sunday. You understand? You want to get, understand how Yahweh's purpose works. That's what this all is all about. So that you can have some faith in Yahweh. So how do you answer this? The first speaker, Dr. Silver Lewis said, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to his words, because there's no light in them. Yahshua said he came to fulfill the law and the testimony. Everything he's doing is in fulfillment of something that was written, right? So you look at the pattern, you look at the law and the testimony and how he, Yahweh's story built out through them, then you can start to see. So, because I couldn't understand just looking at this, you know, well, it's flesh and blood. I'm like, yeah. And, he, and like I said, oh boy, he said, wear me out with that. But then you look, and this is where you start to understand it ain't about proving stuff to people. Because I said this to him years later, he's like, yeah, whatever, you know. You look at these principles. Now we know this lamb in Egypt, you understand? What does that lamb represent? Even church world knows that. You go pick up any type of study Bible, it'll say that lamb is a type of Christ. So look at these principles with this lamb. We know it was without spot, spot and blemish. You understand? Lamb, and the, I forget, you know, it was without spot and blemish. That lamb had to be killed, right? Just like Yahshua was killed. He was without sin, like that lamb being without spot, spot and blemish. He had to be crucified on the cross. That lamb had to be killed. And this blood placed on the four uh, points of, on that door, the upper doorpost, two side, side posts. And they had the basin that they dipped it from making the four points of blood, just like Yahshua had four points of blood. You understand? And they had to do what to that lamb? They had to eat it. And it said they had to, it had to be consumed, right? And so they eat it. And then in Exodus, it says, what you don't eat, 
You have you got to burn it. Nothing of that lamb's body can remain. Nothing. It's got to be gone. And that's a type of that I showing you that that physical, specially prepared body that Yahshua was uh, the, the Holy Spirit was in that was put on that cross. That body was consumed completely. And uh, somebody can uh, probably say it better than me. I know Dr. Kinley talked about it in one of these lectures. I listened to that. That body took on the sins of the world. Past, present and future. Covered every everybody who believes him. <laughs> you understand? It had to be consumed. And there's other principles with the uh, scapegoat, and uh, which I, I've been meaning to look into. I don't understand that, but I've heard it gone into is the scapegoat, and, and you know when they were doing the sacrifices and all that stuff. There's other principles in there that show you, but that's just one. You know what I'm saying? But that that body of that lamb. Now here here's Joshua, who who John identifies as the Lamb of Yahweh. This lamb was totally consumed. This lamb got to be totally consumed. You understand? And that's what Yahweh used years later to make me see like, oh, so now if you don't understand anything about Yahweh's pattern and how he operates, and that's what this chart is about, the chart on the pattern and the plan of salvation, if you don't understand that, you're not going to believe something like that. You see? So I could never get the guy at my job to see that. You understand? <laughs> I mean, he, this guy, we went to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, where it talks about his raised you know, it's so natural, race, spiritual, all this stuff. He's like, yeah, but the spiritual body could still be flesh. <laughs> I was like, dude, <laughs> it's like just it ain't they're not going to come up off of that. So um, I hope that that did it some justice. And maybe the next speaker can go in and um, continue to uh, elucidate on that particular thing. But that for me, like I said, that looking at the lamb. You know, going back there and seeing what Yahshua fulfilling. Now, if he fulfilled it, that land was consumed. Yeah, that body Yahshua was in had to be consumed. You understand? But that was a type of that lamb being in them before they left out of hell, <laughs> out of Egypt. They had to have the lamb in them before they can go to the wilderness. And, that, and that's what Yahshua said. He said, I am with you now, but I shall be in you. He said that before his crucifixion. So after his death, burial, and resurrection, ascension, and outpouring in the Holy Spirit, he is now in the sons. You understand? Just like that lamb had all of that's a type and a shadow. And like Derek was saying, we, we sitting here learning this stuff. You know, people don't understand that. If Yahweh hasn't given you a revelation, I'm talking about all your friends and family that you love and that really strongly believe what they believe in the church. They're not faking that. And people are sincere, but they don't understand that. Yahweh caused us to understand that that's awesome to me and it's not and, and as Derek said I asked y'all don't let me take that for granted I know I do sometimes don't let me take that for granted you understand the things that Yahweh made me to understand you understand and all these things that we learn that's the whole point and I'll be done that's the whole point what you're looking at on this chart what you're looking at what we learn in this school period is to show you the repetition it's to show you how Yahweh operates unerringly you understand? Dr. Kelly called it the divine accuracy, of the divine authenticity and the unerring accuracy of Yahweh's purpose, pattern, and plan. And it don't change. It don't, me and you not liking it ain't going to make it slow down. <laughs> it ain't going to derail it. So the point is for us to learn what Yahweh is doing. And what that does is give you rest. And that's what he said. Get uh, real quick, the, um, 
Is it Isaiah? Uh, precept upon precept? Or is that Jeremiah? Yep, that's in Isaiah. <clears throat> that's Isaiah 46 and uh, 9. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 46 and 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm on the wrong one. <laughs> that's Isaiah 28 and 9. Oh, Sorry. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Mm -hmm. For precept must be upon precept. Mm -hmm. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Now it was the vision that Yahweh gave Dr. Henry Clifford Kelly that explained that scripture. And I mean, explained it. People who come into this school who learn this and Yahweh is giving that revelation to, you are the only people in the world who understand that scripture. Go look up some Bible commentaries about what they think that means. They ain't even close. You understand? Just look up and see what they say about what that scripture means. Because it's kind of, you know, if you don't coming from, you don't understand, you're reading precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line. What does that mean? You understand what significance does that mean? But it's the vision. Yahweh explained it through the vision. So he said that the precept or precept is a principle. You understand? So now the principles of blood, water, spirit, blood. Uh, uh, go ahead. Start that one over. Uh, mm -hmm. For yeah. a precept must be upon precept. Right. So you got, and he showed it on this chart so beautifully. You got a, a spirit line. We, we, oh, let me see if I can put it on here. We all know this. I know we all know this, but. These are the things as uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Brazil went through on Sunday. You understand these things that, oh, so I don't heard it forever, but this is the milk. And this is what captured all of us. Something like that. Maybe it wasn't blood, water, and spirit, but it was something simple and basic because we all babes. You understand? Every last one of us. You understand? I don't care how much we think we know or how much Yahweh has blessed us with. We all babes. You understand? You got to start there. So he said on this chart, you got a spirit line. I'm going to try to draw it. That's not exactly. See right there where we got spirit? Mm -hmm. We just following this line all the way down. You got a water line. Let me try to get it here. That's way off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you got the spirit line. You got the water line. You got the blood line. Following through each of these plates. You're going to see those principles. We all know this, right? So he said that precept, which is a principle or the, or the spirit principle, is upon the water principle. And he repeats it. Why does he say it twice like that? Because there's three principles. The spirit principle is upon or on top of the water principle. And the water principle is on top of the blood principle. You understand? The same for death, burial, and resurrection. So go ahead and read that. So precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Right. Line upon line. Right. Line the, upon line. Right. The spirit Here. line is upon the water line. The water line is upon the bloodline. Go ahead. Here a little and there a little. To the law a little. You understand? And to the testimony a little. Go ahead. For with stammering lips and right. another tongue will he speak to this people but with stammering lips they don't i read this commentary about that they was it was just out there it was so crazy what he was saying but he said for with stammering lips 
and another tongue will they speak to this people. So here it is. You got it right here on this truck. This chart, this chart ain't doing nothing but stammer. It's repeating. That's what stammering is. Blood, 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 mm. blood, water, water, water. Just repeating. Water, 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 all the way down. Spirit, 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 spirit. Just repeating. Just repeating. And we heard this. Anybody who's been in class forever, you, you for a while, you've heard this so many times that Yahweh just keep repeating so that at some point you and I can catch up. And that's the scripture that says, Yahweh says, I, I, I am Yahweh and I change not, least, lest you sons of Jacob be consumed. And Yahweh, look how slow we are. He had to take all of history for us to start catching on to something. And we still barely catching on. If he switch up the game, like some in this school was once preaching, or maybe still are preaching, you understand? We don't have a hope. You see, Yahweh's some type of trickster. He done told us this one day and then one way and then say, oh, nope, I got you. I fooled you. It really ain't like that. That ain't how Yahweh working. Nothing in nothing that he created testifies to that. You understand? For all of recorded history, that sun and that sky has done the same exact thing. For all of recorded history, the weather has pretty much worked the same. I know it's changing because of climate change, but it's still pretty much working the same. The seasons ain't stopped yet. You understand? This is all testifying to Yahweh. You understand? So it's, uh, you know, this to me, when I hear it gone through, I get choked up because it's the consistency. It's, it's the ability to be able to count on something. Derek talked yes. about that. You can't count on nothing else in this world. That's Nobody right. else. Not for real. <laughs> you understand? Even if people who love you, had the best intentions and want to do some things for you, they can't do everything. They can't save your soul. You understand? But seeing how Yahshua worked this, and uh, I don't know, I asked the dean, do I have time? I got one quick testimony and I'm done. Make five minutes. Because this is what's been on my heart and my mind. This, what we're talking about, this blood, water, spirit, the repetition of Yahweh's pattern and seeing, and these things that we call are simple. These things, Will is what will change your heart and your mind and give you some confidence in Yahweh. Because for year, all my life, I had questions about this chart. I used to love it, loved it. When we was kids in class, a lot of us grew up in class, and we used to go to Ypsilanti class. And there was one speaker named Martel Greer. Y'all remember Martel? Some of y'all remember Martel. And Martel used to preach this chart up one side and down the other. And I used to listen to Martel. I'm talking about like 10, 11 years old. We, all we was doing in class was getting in trouble, you know, making noise and, you know, getting in trouble. But when Martel got up and went through this, I used to pay attention. I, I liked because he had a rhythm to it. Martel, he kind of had a preacher style, but he had a rhythm. He said, blood, water, spirit. He come over here, blood, water, spirit. He used to run through the whole chart and I'd be enamored by it. Like, what? Okay. And so for Pass on. I'm talking about I was young, you know, 10, 11. Go on down the years. Yahweh's working with me as I'm growing up in life. You understand? And I'm like, well, what, what does this mean, though? This blood, water, spirit. I thought it was like, I don't know what I thought. I just thought it was like a magical incantation or it was something I needed to learn. If I learned these principles of blood and water and spirit, if I really get them down, you know, maybe I, I'll... Uh, 
like it'll it'll give me some type of edge in the world you understand <laughs> some type of uh i don't know like power that's really what i think y'all had to show me i thought that like years later i didn't know what i thought like i want to and my question to Yahweh was, what does it mean, though? Blood, water, spirit. Like, what does do, knowing that do for me? And so, like I said, I thought, you know, I come up with my own ideas, thought it meant this and that. I can, you know, whatever. Maybe if I get to understand blood, water, and spirit, I get the real understanding of it. Like, good things are happen for me. You know, it's like, uh, uh, y'all remember back in the day, there was this thing called The Secret. It was a book and a movie. It's like the power of influence or something yeah. like positive thinking, that kind of stuff. That's kind of what I was thinking with blood, water, and spirit. Like if I, if I really understand it, I'll, I'll, you know, every job interview I go to, I'll get the job. Every girl I talk to, she just be like, you know, it's something about you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll just have this positive energy that would, but Yahweh. And so years later, and I had that question for a long time, not that Yahweh answered it not that long ago. And it was when I was going through cancer and I had to go through chemo. And I'm sitting there and that was a, that was an experience, but I was sitting one night after chemo. I used to be up all night after chemo, all night. Like the, the, the tiredness didn't kick in for a couple of days. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not really afraid of this cancer. Like I'm not really, and I was like, maybe I'm in shock. Maybe it's not really hitting me. You know what I'm saying? This is in the beginning. And I, I'm like, why ain't I afraid? And I heard that still small voice. I heard it more clear than I ever did during that experience multiple times. But he always said, because you have faith in me. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I do. I wasn't even sure of it. And then what he did, he started going through these principles. In my own heart and mind, you see the death, burn, resurrection of Adam. You see that Yahshua was the salvation. You see the death, burn, resurrection with this ark that Yahshua was the ark of safety and they were saved. Those who were in the ark are saved, just like those who were in Yahshua would be saved. You see the death, burn, and resurrection with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, Abraham and Isaac, you understand? You see the death, burn, and resurrection with the children of Israel coming up out of Egypt. And he just went down through it. And he said, that's what it's for. Mm -hmm. That's the point is that you can catch on and you begin to have faith that Yahweh is working something. So you may not understand what it is, you see, and it'll stop. It, it don't stay on this chart. You see, you have the confidence in Yahweh that maybe I don't understand what Yahweh's doing in my life, but I know his purpose. I know his pattern. There's a death. There's a burial. There has to be a resurrection. Absolutely must be. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that blew my mind. I'm thinking it's all kinds of deep esoteric, and it is deep and esoteric. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just so you can have some confidence in Yahweh, real confidence. And you think about it, like Derek said, you don't run around here worrying, not, not about Yahweh. You may worry about how you're going to pay your bills and blah, blah, blah. You don't worry about what Yahweh doing. You don't worry about, do you worry that his name really ain't Yahweh? You ask yourself that. Do you worry that? He really has a pattern that's in operation, a purpose pattern and plan. You don't worry about that. You don't doubt it. You don't even question it because you're always proving it to you. Why? Because his purpose overturns and overturns and he changed not lest we be consumed. So I didn't mean to take that much time, but have faith in Yahweh. You know something about Yahweh. You did not do that on your own. You do not make yourself believe 
Why do you come to class? You come into class because Yahweh put it in you. I got to go to class. I got to study about Yahshua. Don't take that for granted. Yahweh put that in you. It is a gift of Yahweh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I am sorry to the next speaker because I didn't mean to do that, but uh, our final speaker will be Dr. Lionel Von Manjou. Don't be sorry. It was beautiful. Right? It's not, I don't, I don't care whether I got five seconds, no seconds, or I sit down here and, and just listen. You can hear me okay? Yes, sir. All right. So beautiful to be here. And I tell you, if you close your eyes, listen to Derek, man, you could just feel the smile and love of this gospel coming out of him. I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't pick Derek out of the crowd at the bus stop or something like that, or in a stadium somewhere, but you, you could just feel that love dripping out, dripping out of him as he's giving his testimony. It's very beautiful. Right. And, and you know what? People were worried about Derek a couple months ago when they had a hurricane coming up and stuff. And it's so wonderful to hear his voice and that, that Yahshua is carrying him like he's carrying all of us. And that's so important. You know, we may think we're alone sometimes, but but you know what? Yahweh said to uh, Elijah back there, he'd reserved 7,000 that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal, right? Because you read the Romans and, uh, you know, and we just, we labor on. Uh, where you were in Isaiah 28? Let's go with that. If you can recap that, uh, Isaiah 28, 9, 10. Isaiah 28 and 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Great question. Man has been wondering his whole lifetime who's going to know all kinds of stuff and, you know, asking questions, right? Who's going to be the next person coming through this, the hallway of university with their gown and cap that's going to change the world or, learn, or teach people something to live better or what? You know, or that's not suffice. They're going to send rockets out to go look in the galaxies and the heavens or down in the bottom of the sea. They're looking all over the place when at the end of the day, it's the spirit in a man that is where all of the love and beauty is. Okay, read on. Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Yep. Them that are weaned from the milk. And he has to make you understand that, right? You know? It's a whole, you know, whom shall he make you understand that sound doctrine, right? You know, because, hey, we all went to school for different different courses. Maybe all of us studied biology and maybe we have our high school credit or something like that and that. But we're all not biologists that I know of. Maybe there's a couple on this call, so forgive me, but but I'm not. And there's probably a couple other people that aren't, but we all read the materials. It didn't do anything for us. It wasn't our calling. We weren't made to be quickened in that field of ambition or whatever else it was. Just like this gospel went out to the world. Is everyone clamoring to come to these classes? No, because they rather the lie that they're in than the opportunity of truth, right? Even though the information was presented before them, and just like those children of Israel came out of, the, you know, as you always bring them out of Egypt, you know, they saw that cloud. They saw those witnesses. They saw that 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 Red Sea part, they saw that they were fed. Their their shoes weren't wearing out. They didn't need to get Louis Vuitton special shoes because they weren't wearing out. You know whatever they had to get, right? They were provided for. Okay, verse ten. Excuse me. Yep. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little. And there a little. And that's how we learn a little bit here, a little bit there, right? You know, it's like a one room schoolhouse. 
you know, Yahshua is the teacher. He's working, he's feeding all of his flock and everyone's, everyone has a different understanding or background or way of learning. And some people are doing people and some people are reading people and some people are visual people. And he's working with the creation, working with all those tools, right? Line upon line as Dorian beautifully covered that. Okay, read on. For with stammering lips and another tongue, Will he speak to this people? Yep. And he covered that, you know, stammering over and over again, repetition. And some people get tired of the repetition, right? You know, hey, I had breakfast today, lunch today, dinner today. I'm going to have it again tomorrow. I'm getting tired of it. No, <laughs> I got, I need it. And those same principles where you take the food in your mouth is like being fed in, in the, you know, when you break it down, your body knows what it needs and keeps what it needs and keeps some stuff for storage, just in case, you know, some extra things, just in case, whatever. And, and a whole bunch of stuff disappears, right? You don't decide that, that that grape you had or that orange you had, you're keeping all of it, you know? You may keep none of it, whatever, but it knows what it needs. And that spirit knows what you need. And, and that's how it's working through that divine spirit law. These are speak to his people in another tongue, his people, right? 12? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yep. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is and the rest. Doesn't that sound good? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. the rest. That's we're all looking for that rest. But hang on. Mm -hmm. Not everyone that's received the precept on precept is going to be partakers of that rest. Read on. Mm -hmm. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. They were presented <laughs> line upon line precept upon precept yet they wouldn't hear mm -hmm. we want to be like a child and a babe right once you get to be an old person you're stubborn in your ways right, right. <laughs> because what you've done your whole life has worked for you to that point in time so you stick to it i have parents that lived through world war ii as teenagers at the end and they went through the the 80s when the interest rates on mortgages were in double digits and crazy or fuel prices were crazy and, and gas stations of fuel and some of their decision-making processes were based on preservation of, 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 of learning from that time and taking that stuff forward, okay? Mm -hmm. But some people are just stubborn that way in different things, you know? And sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's not. Verse 15. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the word of Yahweh was unto them precept upon precept precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that so, they so may it's a, go. It's a repeat, sorry, it's a repeat that it was to them that wouldn't hear, mm -hmm. it was still unto them, because there's no excuse, right? <laughs> Just like Yahshua Messiah, when he's coming to fulfill that, what was instituted by, by him before, as, as Yahshua back there with Moses and, and working back with Abraham with the set with the circumcision and working back with Noah with the rainbow sign, you know, he's not, he, he, he's coming along the line again in the same principles, but Yahshua Messiah is coming in the likeness of sinful flesh hmm. so he can fulfill it. So there, there's no excuse. He didn't drop out of the sky and, well, it's over, wipe it out because he has to have witnesses, right? He can do whatever he wants. It's his creation, but he's setting it up all along the line with witnesses. If there's no witnesses, didn't happen. Mm. You know, you know, or or it's man's imagination. We're not here following fables and cunningly devised things, as the as Derek was talking about. People, like, you know, worshiping uh, druids and beads and stuff like that, having a grand old time, right? No, no plastic beads. Dollar ninety nine at the Dollar General is going to get you salvation. Okay, 
but read on. So here a little, there a little, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but the word of Yahweh was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and, and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Yep, and they fell and went backward and snared and taken. We've known mm -hmm. a lot of people for a long time that have come to these schools and preached this gospel in various places. And for whatever reason, <laughs> they went on a different tangent. And it's through Yahweh's grace and mercy that you and I are, are, are hanging on yep. and held on, whether it's a big class, little class, no class, just hanging on through his grace and mercy to those principles, right? And it's those witnesses that are so important. The word went out. Some people saw the principles and they taught the principles, but they, they got caught up in it. Oh, we got to get off blood water spirit, right? right. We got to give we got to give the people something else because they're still hungry. They don't want meat and potatoes. They want some escargot or something fancy or whatever else. Not to, you know, not to cause the snail growers uh, problem out there in the world, but well, you know they want something fancy. Second Timothy, please, uh, the second chapter and uh, twenty five. 24, sorry, 2 Timothy 2 and 24. I, I know I've got like a couple, a minute or two left or whatever. 2 Timothy 2 and 24. And the servant of Yahweh must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those. I'm sorry, Lauren. So some of the folks talked on this call, you know, when I was listening there, but hey, you know, you can be open for correction, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that not striving to outdo each other, earnestly contend, but not earnestly contending and sticking a knife in someone's back or knocking them down the stairs so you can get ahead of them because right. you work in the field whether you go in the morning at nine or you go at the last 11th hour of the day you're getting one penny if that's you're blessed right. and that's it and be grateful to get a penny and, and if you went in all day you worked all day harder than other people just deal with it and be grateful you got a penny look look at that penny in your hand and be grateful mm -hmm. you know because some people weren't some people were not called to go into those fields at all in work we heard it many times in these classes. We came into these classes dead on arrival, right? What a blessing it is that we came into these classes at all because there's people that were dead and did not arrive, right? <laughs> They're mm -hmm. dead and dead. They went right to the morgue. Didn't have mm -hmm. that opportunity for that resurrection, which is the Messiah. Verse 25. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Verse nope. 25. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Right. You know, pause for a second. Now, as much as sometimes, you know, maybe my voice is strong or I have passion or I'm waving my arms in the air that you can't see. Mm -hmm. But as much as that's all the case, this is a learning opportunity for, thank you, I see the five minute bell, a learning opportunity for us to explain these things, you know. And as we explain these things, it also benefits ourselves, right? Because we have to work with the material and, it, you know, and, and to, to frame it up and set the witnesses just so and, the, and have the fundamental scriptures just so right not to have a, a a carbon copy like a big mac in saginaw is a big mac and ypsilanti is a big mac in grand bend indiana no because everyone has their own style but it all fits within the pattern and the plan of yahweh okay right. that meekness instructing those that are opposed right you know because you can you know we can all argue about different things you know my team's better than yours or my mom is better than yours right but but no one's going to win that way but you got to be Look at the witnesses and see how it's all laid out. Read on. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, 
if Yahweh prayer venture will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That's right. You got to be meek, explain it, teach it as you've received it, go to mm -hmm. the witnesses. You can't explain, reveal the gospel. Anymore. So I just preached. Peter didn't go there to, to, to hammer on those folks in the at Cornelius's house about but he went there. He didn't want to be there. Yahweh's not a respected person. All he did was went, you know, it's not all he did, but he, but in the sense that he basically gave a testimony about Yahshua Messiah, the death, burial, resurrection, right? And while in ascension, while he's doing that, the Holy Spirit's poured out to those like so Stephen, Acts 7 chapter. What's he doing? He went right back when they're calling him on the carpet for saying he blasphemed when he didn't. He went back into Abraham and Moses, and he's telling them the setting up the whole stage. Right. Let Yahweh, that Yahweh, uh, perhaps Yahweh will give them repentance that you and I can't do it. You know, we're not going to the Pope or someone high and mighty in this organization to seek re repentance. Maybe, you know, that the international so-and-so or whatever else will favor on us. No, uh, 26. Mm -hmm. 26 verse. <clears throat> and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Yep. And now remember that if you look at just the 26th verse, oh, it looks like you did it yourself. No, it's if Yahweh, right, in the 25th verse, because there's broken chapter verse later on, that Yahweh perhaps may give them an opportunity for repentance. It's his grace and mercy. We have to present this, right? And, and really, it's so important. Uh, this gospel was preached and textbooks sent out at peace missions, and you get public classes. The Zoom is broadcast probably on YouTube and other places. This gospel is not hid. I don't want to have any part of any God of any gospel or any doctrine that is hid that, mm -hmm. that you can only get it. If you got to pay a certain membership or something else, or it's, you got to go with this. It, it's it, that's wrong. It's got to be public and preached loud and proud, whether it's the same gospel around like someone's coffee table, as you're walking down the street or at the bus stop or in a class somewhere or arena somewhere, it's the same gospel unerring. That's, I, I don't want to be a member of anything other than a member in the body of Yahshua the Messiah, and that's not happening through my will. It's the will of the Father, if that's his will, and all I can do is be humble, grateful. I, hey, keep doing these classes. It is crucial. People like me that have a very small class, well, not, I don't have a class, but belong to a very small class or, or have no class, we need you. We need each other. Anyway, mm. peace and love in Yahshua. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Bamanju. And that brings a conclusion to today's lecture. Uh, we hold classes here on, on Zoom on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We thank all our brethren for joining us, and uh, we hope that you will come and join us again. And I can't find the... Uh, oh, here it is. We will now close with the doxology from which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong all glory, majesty, dominion, and power for all times now and ever, let us all say hallelujah. 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 Praises to Yahshua.